Welcome to the Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs> Good, Ivan. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. So it is January 19th, 2022. <laughs> this is the Broken Agenda Podcast. With me is Jimmy. <laughs> Why are you giggling? Oh, you're an animal. <laughs> Potty mouth. I don't even, you're mind. Um, Jimmy Klopp, Tyler McCulley, I am Craig Stonaha, and today we are talking about the dark web. I, 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 am, I, we've been excited for this topic for a while. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Tyler has some personal stories. Jimmy's got some personal stories. I've been on the dark web. We've all been there. We've all done it, at least at this table. Um, there's a lot to cover, I'm sure. We may not even break this agenda because there's might be more than an hour's worth here. I don't know that we're into another two-part special, but uh, Maybe. we may have to revisit this at some point because there's a ton to cover. Um, I, I, should we just get into it? Let's dive in. Let's just dive in. Let's dive do this. In. So, I mean, we've really, I guess we got to start with, for those of you, if you're watching this and you know the title of it is The Dark Web, either you're a diehard fan or you came specifically because you probably already know, but... Let's just cover what it is. So all the dark web really is, and I guess we should start with the difference between the deep web and the dark web. Yeah, well, the three types of web, I guess. All right, so there's really three types of internet, three types of of, of the web. So there is the clean web, clear web, surface web Mm -hmm. is is the name of the first one. That's, you guys agree, about 1% of the internet? Yeah. So about 1% of the internet is that. Now that's the sites you go to. That's homedepot.com. That's, uh, you know, your, your HVAC guy's website. You know, anywhere that you go on the internet where you just pull it up, if you run a Google search and it returns a result or a DuckDuckGo search and it returns a result, you're on the clear web. You're on the, on the surface web. That's the clean stuff. That's the stuff that you're, you're supposed to go to. That's um, Pleasantville. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's all black and white. Everybody's safe happy. Town. Yeah, safe town. People are baking pies. It's glorious. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't call it safe town because there's still seedy stuff you can get into on the surface web. But that's a good point. Uh, it's the only tool you need to access it is a browser, Chrome, Firefox, Edge. There's no specialized <laughs> software or passwords that you have to. Yes, that, that, and that's really the big difference, right? Yeah. You don't need to put in a password. You don't need to access it with a specialty software to get to it. Yep. It's just there. So that's surface web. <clears throat> then there's the deep web. So the other 99% of the internet is the deep web. Now, Tyler said this great off camera. Uh, the press does a horrible job of explaining this. The deep web is not the dark web. They're not the same thing. The deep web is anything you can't just go to without having some sort of specialized access. So if you need to put in a username and password to get to it, like your web banking, Mm -hmm. that's the deep web. Uh, If you need to pay for a paywall to get to the New York Times website, that's the deep web. It is not publicly accessible without you authorizing yourself in some way, shape, or form. Email, your email services, your office services, all that stuff that you got to have a subscription and log into. Yeah, even if you have an internet site for your web for your company, yep. anything you would log into or have a, a password for is technically technically deep web. Deep web, absolutely. So, but we're not talking about either one of those. What we're talking about is the third type, which is the dark web. So, the dark web is about five percent of the internet. I think that's what figure. I mean, some research figures, but it, it's it so varies. vast that nobody really has a firm grasp on it. It is tough to nail down. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll get into why it's so tough to nail down because it's a constantly shifting landscape. But general consensus is about 5% of the internet. So it's a, it's a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a decent amount of the internet. The internet's pretty big. Um, is the dark How web. How big is the internet? It's gone forever. I don't know. I think it's, it's uh, I mean, it's, it's about a gig of terabytes, right? Ter- a terabyte of gig. <laughs> ter- yeah. It's about a terabyte of gig. So I would say. a great thing. It is. It's a gig of terabyte. It's which I mean I feel like is either a lot or a little. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> I love. You got to make it something. I'm never going to stop mentioning that. That's it's a the, T-shirt. It's the greatest. It is. It it's a T-shirt. Be a T-shirt. It's a, a gig of terabyte. I want a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I understand. We should have them made. The broken agenda. Give one, it's a one, gig of Give one to everyone at the office. There you go. I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, Five percent. So, so to to give you an idea of how big that is, I don't know. Big. I was I heard, and I'd have to find it again, but it was petabytes. 
Um, the total internet? Or the no, internet? no, the dark web. They were saying that you know surface web is X, and just a few of what they could find on the dark web was in peta, measured in petabytes. There's a ton of stuff on the dark web. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. It is robust. Um, but so that's what we're talking about. So it's this this niche section of the internet that is specifically hidden. That's the big the big thing that differentiates it from the deep web. The deep web can be accessed publicly, but you have to do something to get into it. But it's not hidden. It's there. You just don't have access to it. The dark web, you need specialized tools to get to it. You can't just wander into the dark web. Um, you know, it's not just like you need a key to a door. You need a key to a door and then a map through a maze. Um, and then a, a guide that you have to hire ahead of time <laughs> to get you to another door that has more keys. And, you know, like, it's, it's a whole different thing. Um, yeah, and if you Google how to go to the dark web and you go to a website that says, welcome to the dark web, get off immediately. Yes. Because <laughs> there's something happening. And you're not on the dark web. Yeah. You're just... No, you're about to get scammed. You're just getting hacked and scammed. <laughs> yeah, that's all that is. Welcome to the dark web. We should just make a website and call it welcome to the dark web. Darkweb.org. <laughs> and then we'll just make the background black. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like 95% of people would be like, I'm on it. I did it. I, that wasn't that hard at all. <laughs> they click on the button, they start flying through space. <laughs> well, now we're just going to get a bunch of right stoned the, college kids. Right into the Milky Way. Right the, <laughs> the Matrix. Um, yeah, it's the Matrix. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the big thing is is that everybody thinks of the dark web, they think it's just nothing but criminal stuff. But it's not. No. It's, I mean, there's legitimate stuff on the dark web. It's not all a bunch of people selling bazookas. Um, there's there's probably about, I think about 60% of the dark web is illegal, is criminal. But the other 40% is just people that don't want to be publicly. I mean, there's dark web social media sites. Yep. I mean, I don't remember what the name, a black book. That's right. There's a, there's a social media yeah. site that's on the dark web called Black Book, where you're completely randomized, and you know you're, it's you, you can say whatever you want, and nobody's going to censor you. Yeah, the the whole thing with dark web social media is you are not allowed to provide any identifying information about yourself. No email addresses, no phone numbers. Don't even use your real name. Yep. Randomized user IDs. Yep. And you're oh. a number. You're like a digits. Yes. Like a screen of digits. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let, let me ask a question, because I'm sure the audience, if they don't know anything about this. So what, so really, if we got, I'm just saying, what is the difference between, like, my thought is that the entire web is the one thing. The web, this is the web. And then you have an area of the web that people are accessing, which is through browsers and then. But, but the dark web is not separate, right? Is, it, is the web, the whole entire internet is the web, right? So we have this thing called the internet, which is the web. But it's not like you go out of the, like, are we leaving the safe web to go to the dark web? All right, are we sorry. leaving the safe web to go to the deep web? If I'm are going three different webs, if I'm no, going in the wrong, okay. You're exploring a valley, right? <clears throat> or an iceberg or a mountain. Uh, but the part that you're sticking to is is the part you know. Uh, you have the map for it. You can see it. You can ask someone to show you directions. It's got the markings on the tree so you know where to hike uh, without falling to your death. Okay, so we're so we're hiking on marked trails. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I look at it. And then you know the more adventurous types are the people who are up to no good, find their way off and create their own pass. In but, the unexplored part. So are they yeah. essentially yeah. different things? <laughs> Crunchy granola eating. Are they different things or are they just... Three, no, so... It, are they three paths? It, am, the I okay, am I okay to get technical? Uh, yeah, go, uh, okay. go for it. So I, I think I know what you're asking. And the, the, I don't know how to make this a short answer. But all the internet is, is a collection of computers. That is all it is. So we, we assign it this like almost like, you know... Like it's a like it's a building or like it's we, we create so many analogies that it becomes obfuscated as to what it actually is but it's just a bunch of computers and each one has content that is publicly available so <clears throat> i can run my own dark web website right on the same server that i'm running a legitimate website and it doesn't really matter if i do it right uh, now obviously i wouldn't recommend that but the idea here is that all you are is a computer that has content that's available 
that has published itself to the internet, which basically means the ports on your firewall are open and other people can get to it. And um, you have an IP address. That's it. That's the internet. So all of these computers, I can literally set this laptop up right now as a web server and it'll be, it's part of the internet. Um, what we're talking about here is the organizational structure of different destinations on the internet. So all of these things are the same. They're servers with IP addresses that have content. Now, how do you get to it? So now for the clear web, how you get to it is you run a search through a publicly available browser that returns, you know, basically certified results. It says these sites are legitimate sites that have content that relates to your, your results. And it filters out all the stuff that either it can't see or that isn't relevant because it's hidden or whatever. It just filters all that out and just gives you stuff you can get to. So you'll notice, you know, 5%, 1% <laughs> of the internet is, is, is the clean web. Mm-hmm. But when you run a Google search, you're not getting a bunch of prompts for usernames and passwords, which means it's filtering out 99% of the web because you wouldn't be able to get to it anyway because it would be asking for credentials to hit the content you want. So it's just filtering that stuff out because it's essentially useless to you. It's not a different internet. It's just not useful to you because you can't access it. So let's say I create a website. Why is my, is my website available on the dark web? Yes, there is no, is it- there is no dark web. It's not a separate web. It's all one web. What the dark web is, is a bunch of servers that are using um, higher level of security, randomization, and encryption, proxies, and everything else to hide themselves from the rest of the internet. So the way you find a website right now, let's say you go to laughingrock.com. You listed yourself in the yellow book. Well, no, you, you gave, you bought a domain so like a yellow and then book? you registered your domain to the IP address of your web server and told the internet that if anybody wants to go to laughingrock.com, this is the IP address they can find it on. So you basically, it's kind of like you live in a house, but you have an address for that house so that a letter can find you. It's the same thing. You're giving it a name. Laughingrock is the address so that people can find me. I'm also, when I build whatever content I'm putting at laughingrock.com on that IP address, I'm also telling Google and edge and everybody else it's okay to index me like i'm i'm opening it up with the way i code the site to say go ahead and index and if you and and if you see something that's relevant to a search go ahead and drive traffic here it's cool i'll play by your rules so that you send me people what people on the dark web are doing is blocking indexing from major um, browsers essentially hiding themselves and their ip addresses and everything from random you know random searches and then hiding it all behind encryption and randomization so that even if you do find them, you can't get in. Um, so it's the same internet, but they've kind of burrowed down deeper and kind of said, like, we don't want to be found unless you know how to find us and we allow you to. So I like your map analogy, like, uh, like you said about the addresses. So, so if you are living in a neighborhood in a suburban community, you are going to, you have an address. You have a post office. They know your address. Mm-hmm. They, you are, you can get your mail there. If you move out into the sticks, like say you bought land, you built a house, and you told no one about it. That's like being on the dark web of the earth. Happy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or even still, if you lived, even if you lived in the burbs and you had an address and you had legitimate mail and everything else that went there but you set up a casino in your basement and you never told anybody about it. You didn't register it with the IRS. You didn't tell the IRS that you were gonna get mail for your casino in the basement. You just invited people over and did cash games in your basement. That would be the dark web version of your house. Like now you've got this illegal thing, which is an entity. It has real products and services to offer and people definitely want those products and services and they're willing to spend money, but you don't publish it anywhere. You don't tell anybody, nobody knows it's in that basement. It's, it's, it's part of your house. It's part of the address system, but nobody knows it exists. So it's kind of like that. It's the secret back room it's in the, the bar. It's the secret back room in a bar. Three taps, you know, okay. or shaving a haircut. Yep. And then it okay. comes open and you can go back and play poker. And the Tor browser, which we'll get into, is the very large man that looks through the people before he opens the door. It's the password. Yeah, what's the password? Exactly. So well, it's a beer fest. Yeah, it's it's just like real life. They're just doing it on the internet. It's yeah. the same thing we've been doing for hundreds of years. Like we, we assign it all these traits because we don't understand it. But it's speakeasy. It's no different than a speakeasy. Yep. It really isn't. Um, it's speakeasy just easy of the internet. Pretty much. That's, oh, that's yeah. what it is. You're 
And a lot of these, a lot of these organizations that have locations on the dark web have legitimate fronts. So you know, whatever. A lot of, you'll find companies, maybe not companies. You'll find organizations that maybe are legally allowed to sell AK-47s in certain countries in, in Asia or the Middle East or Africa or whatever, but they can't sell them in Europe or America or Australia. So the legitimate company has a dark website where they're selling underground to other people or the legitimate organization or whatever, and they just don't talk about it, and then they funnel the proceeds through the legitimate side of the company. Like You've got different types of dark web players that are doing different types of things to skirt regulations, laws, uh, just social taboos, whatever it might be. And then so that's related to guns. So you have the gun owner who wants to buy a gun. He's willing to register. No problem. I'll register my gun, right? Because I want to legally use my gun for protection and this and that. Then you have the gun owner who buys a gun and is like concerned that maybe the government's going to take it away. So he doesn't necessarily want to register it. And he's maybe like the tour guy, right? Like, I want a gun, but I'm afraid the government might take my gun, so I'm going to go to the tour arena. And then you have the next level of the criminal that says, I'm going to use tour because I want to murder someone with my gun, and I don't want anyone to know I have it. So no, you have people that, in the... No, that's a terrible the, analogy. Yeah, that's a terrible you, analogy. You just made all the gun owners these shady people. For, yeah, that, that's not good. No, I'm shutting that one down. That's yeah, no, you got you to gotta cut that. Fix it. It's, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it... It's, it's navigate. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm not even going to touch the gun stuff because uh, that's just terrible. Uh, well, I mean, the arms are legitimately sold in the dark web, so it's worth discussing, but you've got to put they it are, but it's frame. But you're not having uh, legitimate John. Legitimate gun owners are not going to the poor side. Say, <laughs> even, no, no legitimate even, gun owner is going to do that. Even the guys who you would put as militiamen are not going to the dark web necessarily. Now, let's be fair, all right? If you really don't want the government to take your guns, you make a random, you break into your own house, you make a random phone call to the police, you tell them they all got stolen, and you hide them in a pit somewhere in somebody else's property, okay? Like, you're not going to the Tor browser and buying them from some murderer in the Ukraine and having them shipped over in a coffee can. <laughs> like, I didn't mean to go to the Tor browser. <laughs> like, the tour, like the tour would attract the... The tour would attract two crowds. The crowd that wants to sort of like, they feel like maybe I need, like I have to be afraid of, you know, the powers that be because the powers that be can be the criminals. And then you have the criminals that go into the arena where, you know what I'm saying? Like Not it's tour, no, it's generally, it's generally it's dark web evil. <laughs> okay. Specifically, no. Is the dark web <laughs> evil? Is it straight up evil? No, the dark web is a response to <clears throat> regulation and laws. The, the the dark web is the freest space on the internet. Yes, it is pure freedom. There is pure freedom of speech and opinions, um, at, but. That pure comes with the price. Commerce. commerce, yep. Pure freedom of violence. Like mm -hmm. it, all of it is free. It is the wild west of the internet. Um, you and might. So, yeah. And so, what I was saying, the relation I was trying to make between the gun owners, no, is just, that you have evil people. I think and he's talking about you. I just, <laughs> is you? Literally, just made like every gun owner some right, shady. Uh, buy all my weapons on the dark web. Mike, Mike, <laughs> flipping over to drugs. I didn't. I didn't word anything <laughs> properly because you guys are getting what I was trying to say. So no, I get what you're, no, I get what you're I, trying, I to, what you're say, trying but. to say. What I think is that there's bad people on the on the dark web, and there's and there's good people who just feel like the the powers it, that be maybe aren't good, and there's. I don't think there's that much of that going on. No, and generally I, speaking, good people, regardless of their thoughts on society or government or whatever are not going to go and turn to a tour bus. They, you don't go there unless you have a need for it. I think I don't really get it. I think you don't go there unless you have a need for it. Like political dissidents, they're going to have a need for the anonymity that the dark web provides them. But I wouldn't classify them as good people. Not necessarily. These are people that have an agenda and have ill intentions whether or not those intentions are based in righteousness or not is not the conversation. The conversation is they have ill intentions and they're trying to do things below bar. To, to some extent, but it depends on perspective, right? So China is very much a, you oh, know, damn, that's a good point. <clears throat> you know, people use uh, the dark web to communicate outside of China because China 
blocks everything. No, that's a really good point. So there's a lot of dissident people that are reaching out, you know, Hong Kong stuff, Arab Spring, mm -hmm. uh, the dark web was very critical for because they shut down the whole internet uh, and access to anything, even social media sites, just general well, Facebook. You've got things like that happening right now in, in Uzbekistan mm -hmm. and, and some of the stands yeah. where they're completely blocking them off and the only messages you're getting out are via the dark web. So you're, you're right. I apologize. That ill intent has nothing to do with it. It is literally just people that want to bypass the public internet. Yeah. For whatever reason. You have a reason. Whether so I guess, I guess what we really need to do is we need to shake the misconception that the dark web is inherently bad. Right. That's, yeah, because that's step one. And that's that's what I'm trying to say. Maybe my gun thing wasn't wasn't clear. Stop saying guns. Okay. <laughs> just, so so you have bad people that want to use it to abuse it to be able to dodge. But then you have good people that want to use it because the powers that are in control are bad and they want to dodge the powers the evil powers in control. Well, like I said right. earlier, only yeah. 60%, 50-60% so, of the dark web is even considered illegal. Which means, to Tyler's point, you've got forty to fifty percent of the dark web that's perfectly legal. I mean, it's just a, there's a portion of people who use the dark web just because they don't want tracked on everything they do. I mean, what website can you go to now that you're not tracked? You, you can't even go into incognito mode without technically being tracked. No, I mean, no. I use yeah. DuckDuckGo almost exclusively. I still know I'm being tracked. All you gotta do is check your ISP servers. I get yep. really concerned, like when I go on the dark web, that I'm completely exposed to. A, a level of hacking that you are I am like, like yeah it's it's the wild west everybody I mean, carried a gun in the I wild feel like west i'm not safe when i'm when i'm on tour. you're not you're you're not which is why there are certain precautions or you, you can't just go and freely browse and yeah okay. i had it going um it's it's the same thing as the wild west everyone carried a gun because you were a threat of being attacked by wildlife or native americans or someone else and think about it too if you were scared of the wild west and didn't want to live that type of life you didn't you leave didn't civilization go. you didn't leave the east coast so you know this was not you didn't have like high society people and good law-abiding citizens that were well off going west to live in a in a border town because they didn't want to leave the security of civilization and that's what we're seeing on the internet you're seeing people leaving the security of civilization to make their stake out there on their own all right so one more question and then i want to talk i'll let us roll on so if i put the tour, if i put tour browser on my computer am i completely opening the gate to my computer for professional level level hacker to come in like do i need a whole new level of defense just by having the tour browser download? just by having the browser no, no. what the browser so let's just talk using it. yeah right. back up and just explain what tour is yeah so tour i know we've mentioned this a whole bunch already <laughs> 15 minutes into this thing and we haven't even explained it so you can't just go to the dark web um what you need is you need specialized tools to get to the dark web and the most popular of those is tour project I don't know if, you if you're gonna pull up the screen the on tour the, project on if you're watching this instead of listening to it we're going to show you some some tour some tour yeah, projects that one there so tourproject.org is is widely considered the, the standard and there's but there's tons of offshoots what these things are, don't overinflate them into something they're not. All they really are is a browser that gives you access to the dark web, randomizes and hides your IP while funneling your traffic through proxies. The idea is that theoretically backtracking you back to where you're coming from should be impossible or, or very difficult is the concept. Um, I don't know. I'm going to hold off on getting into security practices here. Mm -hmm. But is that, do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I think it's the, the reason it's called Tor is it's called the onion routing, right? So there's layers to how they're routing you to anonymize you. You connect to a node, that node connects to another node, and then connects to another node to get you into the, the dark web. So it's anonymizing traffic. The node that you connect to only knows the node that you came from and the ones you're going to. Theoretically. Theoretically, correct. Yes, theoretically, that's that's the whole purpose of it. Uh, so if you connect five nodes deep, the second node doesn't know about the fourth or the fifth node. Now there is a downside to this. Tor browsing is exceptionally slow. Right. I mean, you're, and it has to be because you're constantly you're moving all over the world with your traffic before you're getting to your destination. And remember, your destination is just a computer. So you might be routing through India, back through the Ukraine, back through Russia, back through South America, back into the states, back over to you know. Indonesia and then hitting a computer in Nicaragua 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of movement on a global scale um, with a lot of lag. So it's it's inherently going to be slow no matter what you do. Well, let's let's look, so let's just look at the highlights on this on the browser. So they have your blocking trackers, right? So this is kind of what you talked about. Like if you want to be able to to go on the internet without somebody tracking you, that's mm-hmm. pretty basic, right? I mean, most people would like that. A lot of people would like that these days because I feel like there's kind of these organizations, these these you know corporations are sort of infiltrating your privacy at this point taking your data, collecting it, selling it. So defend against surveillance, right? How does, how does that turn into a good, when you're not a bad guy? No, that's, that's, that's the whole connecting to a node. The yeah. node doesn't know what's happening two steps down from it. It only knows what's hap- what it's doing after you're connected to it and what happened before. So they're saying you can't trace through all that. But So we're making the, the assumption here is if you're a criminal and you're being surveilled, or you're no, 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 no. We, we gotta. I think the we implication gotta, is not that you're a criminal. The implication is that you don't want your destination being able to backtrack you back to where you're at. Yeah, I, I think we if we gotta try to stay away from the only criminals use Tor. Yeah, and I think we already said it, but we have to break this concept that the dark web is inherently bad and illegal. And this is why I'm asking these questions. No, no, no it's yeah. good. No, it's, I'm yeah. gonna say it again. You can bring clarity. Yeah, because if somebody reads this, defend against surveillance. How does the person that comes in look at this website defending against surveillance? See, I, I think the idea... The criminal is going to use this because he's going to do stuff illegal. And I, and I think you're thinking of surveillance as law enforcement. That's not what they mean there. What they mean by surveillance is anybody, whether it Just be... Google. Yeah, whether it be Google, whether Facebook. it be the website you're going to, whether it be the website you've passed through, the nodes you've passed through, anybody surveilling you. Not the CIA, not the FBI. Like this isn't implying that you're afraid you're going to get caught doing something. This is implying that you don't want anybody to know who you are and where you came from. Period. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter if it's just me looking at my personal web server and you, you're one of your proxy nodes through my my environment. They still don't want me to know who you were. Yeah, it's one of the big things with the the Tor browser is it makes all users look the same. That's. Instead of, like, my my instance of Google Chrome identifies me as me and identifies you as you, that type of stuff. Tor is supposed to mix everyone's data together to anonymize and avoid the fingerprinting and stuff that you would see. Which is well- and it does a good job. Right yeah, now. it does. It does. So it's a well-crafted piece of, of software. Multi-layered encryption. That's just encryption. Mm-hmm. They love fancy terms, but they encrypt your data. Mm-hmm. That's all the same. So, like, what does that mean to the common person? That means that anybody looking at your data stream in transit is not going to see anything but gibberish. So, yeah, they, much like an SSL certificate on a, on a clean web, or on a, on a surface web website, you're going to do a handshake with wherever you end up, and there's going to be encryption on your data flow. So that's pretty that's pretty standard on the internet, even in the in the surface web. So, like, scrambles your your like it would take your English and go to like like the yeah, communications are secured exact, exact definition from my technical <laughs> library <laughs> you must be reading my literature <laughs> well played sir <laughs> even enunciated perfectly I'm very impressed it's, yeah no it's just encryption encryption is pretty standard anymore okay um, so I, I, I mean a Tor browser is not a bad thing nor is it even necessarily associated with the dark web, web directly. I, see, it, I think you can still access the surface web through a Tor browser. I'm 100% sure you can. You can just, it's just anonymizing your data. Yes. Uh, as you connect. And, and, but the problem is you lose the safety and control that you get through using the surface internet. So yeah. you could get to surface internet websites or you could wander into a human trafficking site and, and, and you know, Central Africa. I, you, you, you just, it's all there. Like nobody's filtering you out to make sure that you don't wander into some sift, shifty stuff. So, which is why most people, this sounds like a good thing, but most people aren't going to use a Tor browser for their day-to-day browsing because there's results you don't want. Yeah. Um, and it's not a search engine. I shouldn't say results you don't want, but it'll allow you to go anywhere. Yeah. Which is not necessarily something you want. No guardrails. No guard. Thank you. That's a good way to put it. There's no guardrails on your web traffic. So you could drive down the side of the mountain. You, you could drive right, drive down, right down, right into that valley Tyler talked about, and crash your car and die. Yeah. So, 
I mean, it's it's a weird concept. It really is. But the Tor browser is the gateway, or any of the, the Tor type browsers mm-hmm. is the gateway to the dark web. Why would it somebody, is not the dark web? Why would somebody want to go there? Do you have an example? I mean, there's tons of examples. I mean, we can we talk about. You could start with the, the privacy. Well, why don't you talk about the origins? Like well, let's from. say so. I think that's that's important to point out too because this Are we is halfway where, through the show already. We're halfway through. Sweet, yep. Mary Mary. Uh, okay. So the Tor project itself uh, is a 501c3, which is a nonprofit organization. Their roots come from so the Tor browser, Tor routing, Onion routing, was developed uh, in the Naval Research Lab by the government as a means for having like secret agents communicating anonymously uh, with each other through the early web, through the early web. Early, yep. early web. Yeah. But it was just, it was a project by the Naval research lab to find a way to anonymize who was chatting. Like you didn't know what agent was talking with the other agent. It was just the information can be out there. Um, DARPA eventually took over it. And I think it was like 2002, 2003 is when they released the code to Tor, the onion routing, uh, as an open source project, which is where the Tor 501c3 came in. Um, and actually, Jimmy is going through the sponsors. It's it's advertised. So one of the biggest sponsors for the Tor project are, is the U.S. State Department and DARPA um, through various universities. <clears throat> but that's always, uh, you know, there are points that I've heard where uh, the node, there are nodes. The uh, I think I have an article there. About how the uh, Edward Snowden revealed how the NSA used to snoop on the Tor project, um, which I thought was huge because Edward Snowden, for people who aren't familiar, released a ton of stuff and revealed a v- bunch of uh, secret programs that were ruled unconstitutional. Um, he used Tor pretty extensively in his uh, when he was releasing his information, but also noted that it's not really it's better than, but it's not the best thing for your own anonymity and security because the NSA does have the ability to monitor just by simply starting their own node. They can monitor traffic and, and see where you're coming from. So if you're the exit, if they're the exit node, then they know who you are and all that stuff. And you have to remember with, with given enough resources and complexity, there's no such thing as an untraceable. Right. You're passing through servers. You're leaving fingerprints at everything you touch. Yep. If anybody has the resources, the knowledge and the ability to implement it, it doesn't matter how many proxies you're going to make it difficult. You know, and, and think of it this way: anytime, we, anytime I talk about cybersecurity, I always talk about it in terms of a house. Um, the idea is not to make it impossible for somebody to break in. The idea is to make it so improbable that nobody would try. So, locking your doors, fine. That's a good first step. It's going to mean somebody doesn't just walk in. Adding a security system adds another layer. Getting a dog adds another layer. Building a wall around your property adds another layer. Putting cameras on that wall adds another layer. Putting a gate at that wall adds another layer. Adding armed guards adds another layer. Adding another wall outside of the first wall with a pit of landmines in between adds another layer. But Put nothing's a moat, a moat whatever, with alligators in it and maybe hippopotamus. It'll be great. But <laughs> none of that is insurmountable. It just makes it exponentially more difficult. Um, and at a certain point, Whoever the bad actor is that you're trying to keep out will say, it's not worth it. I'll pick an easier target. Go somewhere else. It's the same way we design cybersecurity solutions. We we build it so deep and so in-depth that it's not worth the hassle. But nothing is unbreachable, nothing is unhackable, and nothing is untraceable. It's not possible in a digital world. So we want to make sure that's very clear, too. There's no perfect solution here. Um, And I'll even, after the break, I'm going to get into, if you do choose to use a Tor browser, what security should you be taking to go onto the dark web? Um, and I think that was a great lead into that because you're never hundred percent safe. You need to know that, but if you're going to go anyway, I'll give you some tips on how to get there. But first we're going to take a break. Here's a word from somebody. Thanks. And we're back. Um, all right. So thanks guys for sticking around. Um, we, we haven't gotten very far in this at all, but I, I do want to redirect a little bit here. We got into the origins. Well, we haven't talked about in very big details how, how you actually access the dark web. Um, is that what we're going to do next? Yeah. We I mean, talked about the Tor browser briefly, but I, I, let's talk about this. If you're going to go on the dark web, and I don't, I, I, don't need, I don't care why you're going. I don't care if you're just going to be curious. You're just going to look around. Be aware that you are opening yourself up. And, and I said this analogy to Tyler and Jimmy earlier, and I think it's apt. 
but it is the equivalent of being in a city that you trust and walking down a very dark, dank alley that is clearly not a good place to be and doing it intentionally. So anything can happen, even though the city is not necessarily a bad city to you in that dark, dank alley that you know is not good. So if you're going to do it, protect yourself. Um, I have a couple of recommendations. Uh, do you want to get into VPNs? Do you want to start there? I mean, yeah, because it's, it's probably critical. I personally don't recommend VPNs for this particular activity. I think the Tor browser covers all of your encryption and randomization needs that a VPN would normally do. I think it's one extra proxy and a sea of proxies. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys may disagree with me, and that's fine. Um, I, I don't know that's going to get you anything. No. I mean, I don't so think there's any... The, the browser is almost a VPN browser. <sighs> They're two different things yes. in their Why functionality. Because of their routing method. So VPNs, you're using their servers to route your traffic. Um, those are known things, and there are certain things you have to know with VPNs, like where are they based out of and that kind of stuff. Who can they give your information to? The Tor browser, because it's anonymizing all of your data um, and routing through nodes. Am I saying this right? Yeah. Kind of. Proxies. I, proxies, yeah, proxies. Yeah. <clears throat> it's more anonymous to go just via Tor. Now, there are anonymous VPNs, but very different technologies. Sorry. Well, that's professional. I, where's my computer? It was the VPN. It was the VPN. Yelling back at you. Unbelievable. <laughs> You're about to go into yeah. the court. It was the dark web calling. They wanted to shut the hell up. <laughs> this is the dark web calling. <laughs> they're, they're pissed. Like, don't tell all our secrets. Um, sorry. Go ahead. No, I think the difference. So the, a VPN, you're connecting to the VPN company's servers. And while it may, may be anonymized data, they still can trace that entirely back to you. If they can trace it they're to logging. you. They can trace it back to your provider. Your provider, yeah. Your VPN provider. Which in the VPN provider, if law enforcement's involved, is going to hand over your IP address immediately. I, I don't think it buys you anything personally. Mm -hmm. I, I think the security you need is built into the Tor browser. I don't think it's enough. Because right. the problem with the Tor browser is, is it, it's randomizing you and everything else. But even as you guys said earlier, the CIA has been snooping on this stuff for a while. And there are much better hackers out there than the CIA. Um, once you're connected to a website, there's always a path backwards. You leave fingerprints at every step. So anybody that wants to find you can find you. And it does not, the Tor browser doesn't, there's no inherent security in the Tor browser. It doesn't stop you from downloading, you know, sniffers. It doesn't stop you from downloading, you know, insecure software, Trojans. It, all of that stuff can come from your surfing habits once you're on the Tor browser. So while the Tor browser gives you a layer of protection on your initial connection, once you start going to these dark web sites, whatever you're downloading from those sites, you're downloading from those sites. So the Tor browser immediately starts losing its efficacy. So um, I, I, I'm going to show my paranoia here, but quite honestly, if you really want to start surfing the, the dark web in any meaningful way, if you want to do it right, first of all, don't use any computer you ever want to use again. You know, buy a cheap blaster computer, something you don't care about, um, buy it off of eBay, something for a couple hundred bucks. Um, and know how to wipe and reload your computer, how to, re how to format the hard drive back to zeros and then reinstall the operating system. Um, and reinstall Linux, a Linux would, distribution. Absolutely. Yeah, Linux. I, I personally like Ubuntu for a desktop operating system, mm -hmm. but and there is a Tor version that's easily installed there. But mm -hmm. any Linux distro is better than Windows or Mac. Um, so is, is Tor Browser, is that open source software? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, just go to torproject.org and you can download it. Um, so you can have a whole computer designated for this. A Tor computer, with Linux. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, hold on. I'm going to take it a step further because I don't even think you should connect on your internet connection. Okay. Because um, obviously everything about the internet is IP addresses and the source, no matter how encrypted or randomized you are, your source is your IP. So if you do download uh, you know, some sort of malware while you're on one of these Tor sites, they're going to immediately be able to pick up what your IP address is. So they're going to bypass all the security in the Tor browser because um, they're just going to be using your general internet. Especially once you disconnect from Tor entirely. Like you're not, unless you're killing your internet connection. Right. So one, use Linux. Two, 
don't do it on any computer that you care about. Three, know how to manage the computer to, to clean it up and send it back to factory defaults. In fact, my personal recommendation is make an image of a clean uh, computer set up the way you want it set up before you've ever gone on the internet. Save that image somewhere, and then once you're done browsing on a Tor browser, write your hard drive back to zeros and restore the image back to what it was before. And three, don't use your internet. Don't use your company's internet. Don't use any internet tied to you. I mean, in a perfect world, you would get a parabolic dish and you would hack somebody else's Wi-Fi <laughs> a decent, decent distance away. But I realize that's going a little crazy. But even if you just use some other internet connection. Are we even helping the common folk? No, this isn't a common folk thing. No common, look, I'm going to be very no clear. If you are common folk, if you are just a person that's living your life and loving life and having a great time and have kids Stay and go to a job away. and everything else, don't go on the dark web. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not going to end well. <laughs> they love when you show up because you don't know what you're doing and they're going to destroy you. <laughs> like they're looking for you. Like, and you came to them. You went to the lion's den covered in meat. <laughs> like, don't do it. I want to go to the lion's den covered in meat. Like, look, I've been collecting Wi-Fi passwords for people I marginally like for years. <laughs> so, so I can sit outside their house at 3 a.m. and go on the dark web. <laughs> I, want, I, want to take, I want to take one of my old computers, put Linux on it, set up the tour, and figure out how to get on the dark web. Great. Hack a do neighbor's it. Wi-Fi. <laughs> don't do it on your own. Um, no, I mean, that, and that right there might be where, where VPN would help. I would say that that would be the one instance because you can anonymize the traffic from your ISP. So at least even when you're off the Tor browser, if you did download something and you're on the internet, as long as your VPN is connected, it'll still look like they would still have to figure out who you are from the VPN provider, which... Which if you're selecting the right VPN provider, they shouldn't be able to do. No, they're not going to release it. So right. so there is some value to a VPN in that, in that scenario. So like a VPN, yes. a VPN won't protect you from... Like if you were doing criminal activity, but a VPN will protect you from somebody attempting to do criminal activity against you. It could theoretically protect that, you from both. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a two-way street. Yeah, no, it, the, the whole idea behind a VPN, the only thing a VPN is really giving you is right now I'm on the internet on my laptop at my house. And anybody that sees me on the internet is going to see exactly what my IP address is. They're going to be able to reverse look up my IP address and find out where I'm at. Bang, that's it. If I use a VPN, I can make it look like I'm in France. I can use an IP address, route it through a French server, and now the IP address they're going to come back to that I'm coming from is some server in France. But a super hacker could figure all that out. A right? super hacker can figure anything out. I mean, the, the internet's just a bunch of ones and zeros. Uh, yeah. Like, what would you do on the dark web that would cause a super hacker hacker to like put put you on their blacklist? I, I mean, well, you got to understand some of these high money illegal activities are going to have some pretty powerful um, IT people keeping them safe because part of the reason why it's so hard to index the dark web is because it's constantly closing down sites and opening new sites constantly shifting because they don't want to stay in one place for too long because they don't want to you know they want to get caught mm -hmm. um so it's, it's a constant movement of of ips web addresses proxies routers everything else that's, that's moving through different geographies and everything else um they're not going to they're going to have people that can handle that and protect them, look into new buyers. That's the big thing they're going to be looking for. If you show up on the dark web and you start asking about buying people, you know, or something like that, like human trafficking, nobody's just going to say, yeah, I got people. You want to buy some? Like, that's not how it works. It's not Amazon. Like, they're immediately going to assume that you're, you're law enforcement. They're going to assume that you're not cool. And they're going to start, like, digging in. They're going to start digging. Yeah, so if, if you go on there to do something bad, that's when you're going to open your door. Even if you're not doing something bad, just surface, hey, surfing around the dark web. Yeah, it, but you don't, you don't go there and just, I want crack cocaine. You go to a specific store, right? Silk Road is a, the yeah, perfect example. A lot of people probably have heard of the Silk Road, yep. which is one of the first dark web e-commerce websites, right? You went there. It was eBay style. So you went and you bid on the cocaine you wanted or the... And they've shut it down multiple times. Yeah, it was shut down initially because one of the big ways it got shut down is because the guy was using his personal email uh, to, to send out the notifications. He obviously didn't watch this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I would have warned him. Dread, Dread Pirate Robert, Roberts was using like his school email or something to, to send out the password resets. <laughs> so that's how I figured out who he was. Uh, awesome. But it was basically just an e eBay style... Thing you went and found your category, cocaine, whatever, hash, whatever, 
and you purchased it with Bitcoin, uh, crypto. It was big for that. Um, and then uh, I think I saw a documentary once that the United States Postal Service is the biggest drug trafficker in the world because you would buy it and ship it through the USPS because they're not technically allowed to go through your stuff. So, but you weren't you weren't just going out and putting out a message like who has coke? It'd be like walking into a dark alley and be like, where are the coke heads? So is it safe <laughs> where can I get cocaine? Wait, wait, are you recommending I don't don't wait, do that? Don't do that. Wait, is it safe to Check. say that there's dark mail? Dark, dark. No, there's no dark mail. I mean, it's He's all above board. Dark mail. Dark mail. Why do you hate the dark females? What's wrong with post, you? Post office. Dark. Mail. I That's, would say dark gender all inclusive is what I would say. Actually, non-color gender all inclusive. <laughs> Web. <laughs> <laughs> and non-denominational, just to cover our bases. I mean, well. say it right. Don't be a hater. Dark man. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Tyler. No, you're good. I don't know if I have much more. But it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not just walking into a dark alley and shouting out, where's the cocaine? It's yeah. knowing who to go to or where so, to yeah, go to. So if you go on the dark web and you, and you say, I want, like, I want like 10 pounds of coke and I want like uh, 20 bitches kilos to pimp out jesus no, man don't call and i jesus. and i went to off Pimped this out? person over said? here what, the putting rims on them and i like, need what? you to off this person for me could i get a package deal <laughs> how many how many gigs of terabytes it's <laughs> you're going to open a dark door that you you might not want to open yeah and like tyler said you're not just gonna there's no place to just type that in and say i want this it's not it's not a concierge service <laughs> Like with a guy that's like, absolutely, Mr. Club. <laughs> Let me bring you to the pimped out bitches. It's it's very much like you got to go. You're gonna have to spend some time finding what you want. And, and then and then when you start to mingle with that, then you're gonna have people looking at you differently. Well, they're gonna want to make sure that you're not a fed. Like they're gonna make sure that you're not. An they want to make sure you're a legit criminal. And then if you turn out not to be, then you're gonna be like you know, open season. Yeah, I mean, and drugs is a big one. Weapons is a big one. And and not not available weapons like you were talking about earlier but these are generally considered illegal weapons so things that you know like if you want to buy a tommy gun that's pretty illegal in the united states but you can get one on the dark web if you want to buy a bazooka you can't buy bazookas in the united states as a, as a I mean, you you can technically can you you can it's just the ammunition for a bazooka is like seventeen thousand dollars a pop i mean if, as long as you have the right you go through the right nfa channels you can own all that stuff get out of here really mm -hmm. can you buy grenades Technically, if you have the right NFA, like if you're, I think grenades, you'd have to be an FFL SOT to be Would able to really have those. Want to but <clears throat> okay, so the U.S. is probably not buying weapons on the dark web. No, we can get them. But that example would be like uh, ISIS, right? They could set up a, a gun deal with somebody from some country, some arms dealer from another country, and get their black market bazookas and stuff. Okay, so I mean, you got human trafficking. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a big thing. Stolen data is probably the biggest. Yeah. So the biggest market on the on the dark web is not the stuff that you and I would would be talking about here. It's mostly like some hacker gets a data dump from whatever Walmart, and they've got all the names, addresses, and credit card numbers for you know two hundred million Walmart online users. They're not going to go and try to sell it to their neighbor. They're going to go out on the dark web and they're going to work through one of these intermediaries and say, hey, I've got this and let's start running up a bid here. Um, you provide the buyers. I'll provide the data. You be the intermediary. Make sure the buyers are clean and uh, let's find somebody who wants this thing. So, yeah. And uh, have I been pwned is always a good one. Uh, you mm -hmm. could kind of go through and see if you've been involved in any breaches. That? Actually, can you pull that yeah. up? Um, Jimmy, pull up, uh, have I been pwned is a great one. That's an, we use that fairly regularly. Have I been pwned? Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Don't pull that too far. Settle, settle down. Jim. <laughs> Why am I, so far away? I don't know. We're all friends here. Though, don't. <laughs> have I been... Yeah. If you just search, have I been pwned? <laughs> there it came up. It should be one of the first Google results for you. Right here? Yeah. That'll get you there. Yeah. And then the, the very first link. Yep. So this this is this is so go ahead and put in. Uh, I'll give you my email address. My Balls like, uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. If you want to. Do you have a junk can, email account? Yeah, do a junk I can account. I can blur out the account. Okay, go ahead. Here, I'll go ahead. Do yeah. that's fine. Tell her to blur it out. This thing's about shot anyway. I'm about to. Oh no, pond. So what Scroll this, down. What this is is this is first and foremost a password integrity site, uh, but it's going to look at a whole bunch of different stuff to see if you have any security breaches that are tied to that address. So, so essentially what this means is you were part of a data dump on the dark web. So maybe Adobe got hacked. So what it does it did. Say? In October 2013, 150 Adobe. million. And it's saying that one of them was tied to your email. So there was a data breach there. And um, they'll, they'll often explain the extent of the breaches. Uh, are these all the breaches? These are all the breaches you're yep. found in. That email just is found in. Yeah. Now, you got to remember, some of these lists you ended up on because you were affiliated with somebody else. So... <laughs> You know, Adobe might have had a data sharing plan with Apollo, um, and it would be listed in their privacy policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Apollo also has your data. And what they're saying is that you were probably also breached because of this relationship, because your data was there. Now you're listed on this that you've never heard of. So some people freak out that there's things they've never heard of on there. That's not uncommon. One breach generally leads to multiple. Inside public combo list? Yeah, okay. so, so, no, it's, it's just like. Multiple data dumps that are put into one. Yeah. Uh, so the combo what list are, are those. Zero day. Zero day. Breach. Zero day. Zero day. What's that coin market? Oh, coin market cap. So there you go. You were involved oh, in no that. Crap. You're... Get out. Get so yeah, from... you were involved in their market. I, I remember when they got hacked. This is a good tool to know if you should go change passwords, which you should be regularly anyways. Yeah, now but... I rotate mine every yes. three to six months on everything. And leveraging... Uh, a password no, management so, tool. Yes. Okay, so so as the audience looking in right now, here's what I'll tell you. I mean, maybe I have an account with Adobe. I probably do. I do not have anything here. Nothing here. Nothing here. Nothing here. Nothing here. Yeah. So coin market cap I have. Now so, go, down, go down to coin market cap. So this is four things that I have no association with that somebody sold my. What what could be happening there though too, Jimmy, is like the now also check what is the compromised data. Yeah. For Coin Market Cap, it just says email addresses. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily mean okay, they breached okay. your account. It All means right. that they got your email address because they had an well, email address hack. Email addresses and password hints, password usernames. Yeah. So what 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 happened? Let's just use the Adobe one, right? Whoever breached Adobe servers and stole those passwords and email addresses, they go on the dark web. They offer those up for sale. And what will happen is someone will come in and buy a block of them, buy all of them, whatever. And then they'll start, um, what's the term? Fishing. Brute, brute force. Well, brute even force. some brute force just, they're going to take your email address and go to every popular website and try to log in with that, that email address and password because realistically most people just use the same password for everything. Yes. And I've, I've been involved in this. I had a Hulu account that I set up years ago. I was involved in a breach with my like junk email now. Uh, didn't log into Hulu for a couple of years, but I was still paying for it. Uh, and then just decided to log in and realized that I was logged in in like 40 different countries. Uh, Taiwan and all this. But, you know, I was fortunate that it was just people just using my account uh, to watch Hulu. But, but that's a big simple. thing they sell also. So a lot of times they might even take it a different route. Instead of selling off the data dump, depending on where they got it from. So let's say it is Adobe. Keep beating up on Adobe because they beat up on me financially. Um, they might go ahead with every single email address and password they got, log into the account and see what licensing you have. Mm-hmm. And then they might start selling free Adobe licenses because you might have five you know, CS licenses for Adobe Creative Suite that you have access to. And they'll start selling legitimate Creative Suite licenses on the dark web that can be used. People will buy the username and password to get five licenses, download Adobe Creative Suite using your account, and now next thing you know, you go to use Adobe and it says you can't, you've reached your license limit. Yep. Um, so there's lots of different ways they use this data. Sometimes they'll sell the accounts individually, sometimes they'll sell the entire block of data, sometimes they'll they'll sell the block of data to somebody that's going to use the accounts individually. Sometimes, like Tyler said, they'll just want to buy the passwords assuming redundancy and then they'll try every major site in america so they'll take your adobe password use your same email and try to get into your amazon account or they'll start blasting like bank of america pnc just trying to log into those accounts assuming that you've used the same email because not a lot of people run multiple emails right 
they're going to use one. So they're going to just set it into a bot and let that bot go out and try to find where those credentials work. Which is why 2FA is so important. Mm -hmm. If you have 2FA, it stops a lot of this, especially if you have it tied to your cell phone. Randomized passwords, 2FA. That's why I think that's what initially got me started in password lockers is I had one password. Now I have a different password for every single login. And you would and it's, know it. I don't know it. I know I one know password. Like, I wanted to talk to you about that, actually. Password well, lockers? We're running out of time yeah. here, so we can get into password lockers in a different episode. Yeah. We, but should, do, this we is, should do an episode of that. We should. But this is dark web stuff. So this is what we're talking about. This is literally evidence of hacks that have led to dark web sales <laughs> right here. Um, okay, so, so basically... This is pretty cool because uh, if people do this, I mean, like, this is a great thing. Like, this I is it, this is a great thing. Yeah, because I mean, this is nice for me to know. Like, this is this is pretty critical. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like I have levels of passwords, and I have levels. Most people do. Like, you might have a financial password, but yeah, then you have a password so for e-commerce sites, yeah, and then you have a, yeah general password. That, which this is one of my this is general. So I'm not like extremely worried about it, but I like it because like what I could do now is just abandon that, abandon these, just be done with them. Right? Yeah, and change them. come up with new gen. See, now I do it a little bit different than Tyler. I have a general password that I use for all sites. I don't care if they get hacked. Um, but any site that has a credit card on it is tied to any type of e-commerce or is financial in nature in any way, shape or form, um, I immediately um, auto-generate a 12 character minimum password from my password locker and use a different password for one of those sites. So my general password I still use for standard sites because I don't care. So like if I sign up for a newsletter yeah, or something like that, I'll just throw in my general password because I don't care. If it gets hacked, it doesn't lead you anywhere. There's nothing you can use it for. Like I'm going to go to my bank account and be able to use it. It'll be useless. So. All right, let me buzz through this so I don't kill too much time. So, so all these, this is only one. This one, this one, this one, and this one. That's one out of five. I only registered with one of them. Then I hit this one, Coin Market Cap. I have an account there. They just got my email address. And we've only got seven minutes left, so I think we can fly past this. I do recommend everybody okay, you know, house. check your pawn status on your primary email or whatever you use to sign up for accounts. It, it is relevant and useful. Um, and you should know it. Your LinkedIn was part of a hack. That's interesting. Parkmobile. They got credit card Park information. License plates. License plates, yeah. Now, what's funny is the one I care about least is credit card info. Because I know the credit card company is going to take it. They'll shut it down, yeah. It's the other stuff I care about. If you get enough information to get into my bank account, that's going to cause me real problems. I don't even have a share You don't think you do. But somebody else could have shared your information. Yeah, they probably got your data from another one of the another site. And... This is this is all under the board data sharing, but there's a lot of above board yeah. that data that's shared between. Like you set up single sign on or something like that with go. Facebook. And you, a lot of these companies have parent companies that own all of them, mm -hmm. and they share the same database. So yeah. you might have LinkedIn also is owned by the same parent company as E-Trade. I'm not saying those two are owned by the same. I'm just saying. And now one hack breaches both. So there's a lot of stuff that comes into play here, which is why personal security is important. Yeah. Um, but we got to move past this because we're almost out of time here. We haven't covered half the agenda. Um, oh, another big one. That ransom. We didn't talk about this, but ransomware is mm -hmm. a huge one on the dark web. We're not going to get into over crazy amounts of detail, but that's where ransomware comes from. Hackers develop ransomware. They sell ransomware as a package to people that want to do exploits. And those people then go out and try to get your, try to do infections. So a lot of times if you want to do an exploit, you'll buy an email list off the dark web of known legitimate emails from a hack, you'll buy a ransomware package from somebody that has built a really solid ransomware package, and then you will go ahead and develop a phishing email to get somebody to click on it based off of your email address, also based off a legitimate website they think you know about. Maybe you'll get a LinkedIn phishing email. And when you click on the link, you download the ransomware package, and now you gotta give them $7,000, $10,000 worth of Bitcoin in order to get your data back. So this is where these things come from. They get the data, they get the package, and then somebody, a third party. So it's not usually the ransomware software developers. Like, you remember the Matrix? Mm -hmm. A bunch of guys came to Neo's apartment to buy some malicious software, and he's like, remember, you have no idea where this came from. Yeah, he's not hacking people. He's the software developer. He's selling the software to bad people to do bad stuff. So even if they track it back to the hackers, 
that did the ransomware attack, they're not getting to the source unless somebody rolls over. And, you know, everybody knows they just get stitches. So, um, so stolen data, I think we've, we've hit that pretty hard. We can always get into that more. I think we should. I think we should do more on that. Um, well, legitimate sites have dark web presence, mm -hmm. which we haven't talked about. But Facebook has, has a dark web presence. New York Times, The Guardian. Yep. I mean, all of them. And, and Department of State. How do you know yeah. they have a dark web presence? They announce it. Like, yeah, you can see releases. Right. And a lot of them are freedom of press type things or getting tips like that you wouldn't want out in the open. You know, something's happening in Egypt or somewhere in the Middle East. But you can't go on the dark web and search for Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can and you'll go find to Facebook. Yeah. yeah, you'll find them. The regular Facebook site comes up? It's probably Facebook.onion. It's, yeah, it's a .onion site, but it's... Yeah. Uh, They're different stuff. They, they don't track you. You won't be able to log into it. Your user and password yeah. won't work to get into the dark web of Facebook. So if you go to Facebook.onion and try to log into it, you're probably going to get flagged at Facebook site, first of all. But second of all, it, you're just going to get a user and password not recognized. Like, it's not for you. It's not for the, the public-facing Facebook users. Did you guys hear about all the Facebook employees that they hire to... Um, what do they call that? What's the word? Scrub the site? Oh, uh, we're going to talk about that in the social media episode. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a mess. And you got to bring that up. Yeah, that's a mess. Um, a big one, too, while we're talking about hackers is hiring hackers on the dark web. That's mm -hmm. a big market. You can hire hackers. You can, you can put specific projects on certain sites on the dark web with exactly how you want to hack and find if anybody can do it for you. Um, a lot of wiki sites and leak sites. Yeah, WikiLeaks is big on... The dark web yeah and a lot of sites like like wikileaks yeah that just you know hack refine data and then leak it anonymously so there's tons of stuff on there. there's also tyler brought this up and i thought this was a great point there's also a lot of scams on the dark web so people assume they can get anything on the dark web but you were talking about hitmen I thought that was like, yeah it was one thing i was reading into because that was a big push in the media years ago you can just go to the dark web and hire a hitman and they'll come kill whoever you want um <clears throat> one of the threads that i followed was it was just two guys in somewhere in the Eastern Europe were advertising hitman services as this mafia, this mafia group that are the best assassins in the world. Um, and they were just taking money from people and then, you know, playing coy when they were like, well, when are you going to do the job? When are you do the job? And they even released certain things to make them seem more legitimate. So they got the news press and people would come in and try to give them more money. Which is kind of genius. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Right. I mean, ethics aside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure there are places where you can hire someone to do something of that nature, but a lot of it's going to be a scam. It's a lot harder to find than you think. Like, yeah. Like, and you probably got to do something, too. Like, you know, you, you've got to expose yourself probably in some way. Like, For the last time, Jimmy, stop exposing yourself. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> My deepest we are out of time. The only thing I do want to say is, is law enforcement is not ignoring the dark web. So the, no, they have departments. Yeah, they also have a presence. There mm -hmm. are cyber cops, as much as that sounds like a cheesy, you know, Keanu Reeves movie. Um, yeah, I mean, the police and national police like the FBI are putting entire uh, departments together, divisions. Yeah, I think it was the one in the Netherlands has their own site. Because you have to, I mean, it's very seedy. This is a big... Uh, the dark web is often where things like child pornography are transmitted. Um, obviously, the illegal drug trade is pretty big uh, anymore. Well, I, I read, too, that the, one of the big problems law enforcement has is it's kind of like undercover agents. Is If you leave them out there too long working in, in this, it, there's a lot of corruptibility going on. Mm -hmm. they, they, yep. It's really hard, you know. To, to keep a force that is purely above board when all you deal with is the worst of humanity. Yep. So it's a very difficult thing, but they are constantly working on it. The FBI has a big uh, cyber police presence within and, and outside the U.S. as much as that's illegal, technically. But, um, you know, so, so there are people that are out there monitoring. So not saying be careful, because I don't think anybody watching this would do anything illegal, but know that, you know, this is not... You know, Wyatt Earp is in the Wild West. Like mm -hmm. somebody's out there gunslinging with the bad guys. So, yep. you know, be be careful. Know, be aware of what's happening and be aware of your environment. I, I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. Um, I, I want to reiterate, 
I do not, nor do I think either of my co-hosts recommend going to the dark web. I, I think it's an interesting topic. I think sites like Pond are great sites to go and check your own personal um, exposure. Um, and, and I would highly recommend it. But nine times out of 10, going to the dark web is not going to result you in anything other than a weird experience. It's just, there's too much to consider and too many steps you have to figure out and know and make sure you're covering your tracks properly. Too many pitfalls. And too, many, too many places you can become a, a victim, I think. Well, it's like setting up a flare too. Like, you know, like you've got to walk in ready to defend yourself. Yeah. Like, hey, come get me. Yeah, it's not. New guy here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a new. Can anybody help walk me through the dark web? Yeah, yeah. pretty sure your chat board is going to light right up. <laughs> so I got a statistic for the show, an official statistic. Lay it on me. So, eight out of twenty of the sites that that was in my account. Just so you all know, that was one of that was my email that I put in there, which we're going to probably blurb out, right? Because we got like yeah, we'll blurb it about two hundred thousand people watching these, so I don't want everyone to see that. All right, but. So eight out of 20, I had accounts at. So that's, that means 60 per, 60% of those sites, I didn't even have accounts with. You didn't even know yet, you were listed there. I didn't even have my information on it. Yeah. So. Well, and, and that's that right there is relevant too. 11.75 billion accounts are listed in, in this database. That, that's, what, that's, that's more than there are people on the planet. So let's say it's safe to say that however many accounts you have, legitimately, approximately twice as many accounts have your information. Oh, I don't know if I can even for that. I, I, the other thing you have to remember this, here. This, for me, this is what For you, it was. Yeah, I don't, it just I don't, happened officially. I, I think it depends on you, your exposure on the internet, how many accounts you have. Um, and everything else on because I mean I have my most secure email address and I don't use to sign up for much um, didn't show up on there at all. You say same, same here. Yeah, yeah. My my most secure. So I have multiple uh, levels of email addresses. Yeah, that email I'm about to throw away. Yeah, <laughs> because of this. Yeah, it's okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm about it, to stop using it, and it's like a, it's become a, a junk email. Gotcha. Well, you've got to remember too. There's multiple different types of users, and I've been so, using that email for fifteen. Yeah, and the age of the account matters too. The age of the email address. The more it's out there, the more it's out there. So, I mean, my dad will literally put his email address into any box that asks him to. It does not matter. It doesn't even, they don't even have to explain themselves. They can just say, give us your email. He'll be and, like, okay. And I've and had then, that email so, on the internet with marketing too. I mean, my email is... Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's a highly exposed email address. It's going to get passed around and it's going to end up showing up on sites like this. It's going to be breached. So yeah. there's nothing you do about it. And something I always like to point out with Have I Been Pwned is that's only tied to your email address that you put in. It's not accounting for places you've used your credit card that the data has been breached. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, this is a good tool to know where you've been exposed to some extent. What I think would be cool. Is there a tool that you could put a credit card on? Right? No, that would be stupid. That would be poor data. Uh, security. Yeah, that's that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like know where you're putting your data. Yeah. Like, Make sure if you're paying for something, you're using a secured payment processor and all that stuff. Don't just throw it into some random website. Uh, like the dark web. The dark web. Even some, a lot of places on the surface web. And for the love of God, don't web. buy anything on the dark web with your credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. Anyway, I think we got to wrap this up. Jimmy, thank you so much. Is there any final thoughts I'm missing? No, I think no, we hit them. All right, Tyler, thank you so much. Everyone, I am Craig. This is Jimmy. This is Tyler. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Hope you learned something. Look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great night. The Broken Agenda Podcast, sponsored by Laughing Rock Technology. <laughs>